My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to the AB Cinema Podcast, where we talk about the latest movie and TV news, rumors, and releases to keep your eyes on. And please feel free to reach us with comments, questions, or ideas at our email, abcinema.pod at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Twitter at abcinemapodcast. Um, today is Friday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and we're Today we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the greatest movie that's ever been released, uh, Morbius. And, then, and the uh, worst Disney Plus show ever released, Moon Knight. Yes. Yeah. Um, if in you can case, tell, we're, yeah. we're, <laughs> we are in the April Fool's mode right now. So um, just take everything we say not so seriously today. Um, as always, take everything we say not so seriously. So let's go. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the news first. Um, first of all, uh, Paramount came out and said that they are making their own cinematic universe out of the Sonic franchise. Um, it's just another one of those Hollywood franchise or Hollywood companies trying to milk another franchise. The first Sonic movie surprised critics and audiences. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 comes out next week and they recently announced a Knuckles spinoff show, which I'm all for hearing Idris Elba, um, do voiceover work. I'm okay with that. Um, but to make a, a franchise out of this is going to be kind of different and interesting and weird. What are your thoughts on this, Adam? I just want an Avengers team up movie where they bring in Sonic and Shadow and everybody that I remember playing when I was in a video game. No, I it's it's all right. I mean, you said it perfectly. It's just another Hollywood company milking a franchise, trying to st- establish an intellectual property that they can you know create an entire universe out of, like the MCU. Um, and so, cause that's where the money's at. That's where it falls to baby. That's showbiz baby. The, the good thing about this though, is it gives kids something that's fun to watch. It's not bad. Um, it's appropriate for kids. So this will be really fun for like my daughter growing up. I'm sure she'll love these movies and these shows that they're going to be coming out with. Um, not sure if I'll enjoy them, but I'll enjoy watching her watch them. Yeah. What if they made a Space Jam 3 where Michael Jordan came back and teamed up with Sonic? That'd be crazy. That would be. Fresh They're, Fresh take, Hollywood. I'm offering it now. Yeah, Sony and Disney have done it with their Spider-Man movies. Warner Brothers and Paramount come at us. Yeah, we're, we, we've got the sauce. We're ready. And uh, so that's, the, that's it for the Sonic news, right? Yeah, that's all. There's really not much to talk about on that one. Otherwise, uh, besides that, it's just kind of exciting for kids. Yeah. And uh, something sad to hear about is uh, Bruce Willis recently retired from acting. Uh, The actor who was the lead in the Die Hard movies, he is in the Red movies, he's in Looper. Um, He's made a career out of being, you know, an act. Signs. He's made a career out of being an action star. Or not Signs. It wasn't Signs. It was, oh, what's the other one? No, that's Uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. It, you're thinking of it's uh, the I see dead people. Seventh eleventh. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking about the sixth sense. The sixth sense. Did you almost say the seventh sense? I almost. Well, no, because he's in the seventh <laughs> element or something. Oh, okay. The and fifth that's a element. Sci-fi move. That that's the one, baby. It's a number. We, we got our numbers sixth right. Sixth sense. Fifth element. Seven deadly sins. I just. <laughs> but he um. But he made a career out of being an action star, and you know, 
was in a lot of other roles as well. He is retiring from acting due to aphasia. Bailey, what is aphasia for those who aren't aware? Typically, it's caused by brain trauma um, through like a stroke or just a lot of getting hit in the head. Um, concussions. It's essentially what's going to happen to Bruce Willis is that eventually he'll get to the point where he can no longer communicate through his through speaking. Um, like it's it's really sad because it, if you watch his movies for over the last year, you can tell that he he was reading the prompt. Like there were people that were showing or telling him his lines. You could see earpieces in his ears so that um, they could deliver his lines to him. Um, and he, he really killed it for his last year. Even though his latest movies weren't the greatest, he still put a lot of effort into them. Yeah. And overall, it's just sad because I think something else is that it's not only that he can't communicate, he doesn't understand speech. Um, yeah. So all in all, it's just rather sad to hear. He had a great career. Again, I always remember him for being, you know, a big action star, especially starring in movies like Die Hard, um, Red, just Looper, where he's opposite Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I just, he's a great actor. And even in Unbreakable, I love that film. But, yeah, you know, it's good for him to go out and, I, you know, pray for his health. I, I don't want to say it's the passing of a legend, but we aren't going to see him very much in the spotlight. Um, yeah until he does pass away. And so it's definitely sad, but it, like all we can do is celebrate the legacy that he's left. Exactly. Um, moving on from that, we have some, we have two pieces of Disney plus news, uh, both set in the star Wars universe. Uh, let's start first with what's coming out at the end of the, the end of April. Uh, Bailey, what happened with the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere date? So yesterday, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, really, or Star Wars released a video from Ewan McGregor uh, announcing that the premiere date for Obi-Wan Kenobi would be delayed to the 27th of May, April, sorry, April 20th. I believe it's April 27th. Um, I could be completely wrong. It may be May I think it's, 27th. I think it's May. Yeah, May 27th. Um, and that's totally fine. Um the big thing about this is that it has a lot to go up against. It has Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1. And then in theaters, it's also the day that Top Gun Maverick comes out and the Bob's Burgers movie. And so it's it's got a lot. Like I have no doubt that this show is going to succeed, but it still has a lot going for it in terms of other franchises. Uh that's the weekend of franchises, I guess, um, with Top Gun returning, Bob's Burgers, and Stranger Things returning. Um, and so it has a lot to compete with that week, but I don't see it as big of a problem. It's just sad that it's going to be delayed a couple days. Yeah, but something that's interesting is that originally they were supposed to release one episode, but now we'll be getting a two-shot right at the beginning on that date. Yep, and that's the exciting part. I think that's kind of one way that they were like, well, this will please the f the fans a little bit. But uh, people are salty about it. People will always be salty about these kind of things. But it's just a couple days. It's not that big of a deal. And we'll get past it once we see the, the first two episodes. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm excited, and that weekend does sound stacked because I'm interested in at least three of those four things. Uh, I love Bob's Burgers. I love Top Gun Maverick. That ne- that new trailer that premiered this week was pretty darn good. Got me interested. And, uh, you know, Stranger Things Part 4, I feel like it's kind of gone down as it's gone farther. But, again, it's still a cultural phenomenon, and I'll have to watch it. But I don't anticipate Obi-Wan getting buried, really. I feel like it'll do well. Yeah. The the hard thing with when it comes to Stranger Things is it's been a couple years since we've seen anything from it. Like the only things that they've released are just short teasers for this new season and a couple photos. And so it's hard to get excited for it since it's been so long. Um, but hopefully they can win a lot of people back. Yeah. Moving on though, from the other from another edge of the Star Wars universe, rather than a premiere, we have a finishing of uh filming. Recently the Mandalorian season three wrapped filming is there anything else that we know about this bailey no all we know is that grief karga is going to be back um i the actor's name is escaping my mind right now uh but he he played creed apollo creed in the rocky movies um but he's returning to play grief karga again and uh we're gonna see the mandalorian obviously he's the main character um, there's also rumors that we're going to be going to Mandalore, which will be really exciting, uh, seeing a post apocalyptic Mandalore. Um, that's, there's, that's really all for filming or <laughs> all for the Mandalorian, but, uh, it's still really exciting and hopefully it's a really good season. We need it after the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. The book of Boba Fett or season, the Mandalorian season 2.5, mm-hmm. um, but another thing is rap filming, something that I'm personally super excited for. David Fincher's The Killer has wrapped filming. Now, for those unaware, David Fincher's a director who made movies such as Seven, Gone Girl, The Social Network. He directed recently Mank, and he's directed seasons of the Mindhunter of, of Mindhunters on Netflix, which is a stellar show. And he recently directed a movie written by the one of the scribes who wrote Seven and starring Michael Fassbender, who stars as Steve Jobs. He's the android in Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and he's also um, Magneto. Magneto. Yeah, in the, in the, the young version of Magneto in the newer um, X-Men movies. And basically this movie, is, this movie is based on a graphic novel, and it has, a, it has a log line on Netflix that reads, A man solitary and cold, methodical and unencumbered by scruples or regrets, the killer waits in the shadows watching for his next target. And yet the longer he waits, the more he thinks he's losing his mind, if not his cool. A brutal, bloody, and stylish noir story of a professional assassin lost in a world without a moral compass. This is a case study of a man alone, armed to the teeth, and slowly losing his mind. And I, I'm, I'm a big Fincher fan. I love everything that he does. Uh, I also forgot to mention he made Fight Club, but I just, I can't. I love, I love David Fincher. I love Seven. I love Michael Fassbender. You know, how can this movie go wrong? I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm so thrilled that it's finished filming. Yeah, I don't know very much about this, but I am very excited to see Michael Fassbender. He's great in every single thing he's in. He brought Magneto to a completely different level with a little bit of an origin story for him in the the prequel. I don't even know whether or not to call them prequels or not, but the, yeah, you're the right. X-Men movies, they're technically are, they technically are, but they're also alternate timelines. It's weird stuff. That's how it goes with comic book movies. Um, but it, he 
was really delivered a really good performance in that. He was good in the Alien sequel, prequel movies. Um, and so I'm excited to see what he does with this. And David Fincher, you can't go wrong with him. Yeah, absolutely thrilled. Um, so that does it for our news. Now we have some talk about some move about a movie and a show. And Bailey said it last time. Let's start with worst to best. We both have just seen Morbius, and I want to know, Bailey, what's your raw reaction? <laughs> um, it's a typical comic book movie. Uh, it follows a lot of typical comic book movie tropes. Um, like I'll, I'll I'll give this as an example. This is the better example of it, but. Iron Man, for example, in the first Iron Man movie, Iron Man fought a the Iron Monger. Um, another example of this is in Captain America, the first Avenger. He fought another super soldier. Um, and so it's like fighting the, the same version of themselves. Uh, it, it's supposed to be like a little parallel of like fighting their inner demons uh, which is kind of ironic because this movie is all about fighting inner demons. And um, I don't know. I I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't good. It was okay. It wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, it's the CGI was okay. The, the last fight scene was just typical comic book movie. It was, it was a little annoying. That's all. What are your thoughts, Adam? I sent it, I sent my thoughts out in Morse code earlier, and I'll read it to you. They say, this movie is bad. Stop. Do not go see. Stop. If you have money to buy any tickets to any other movie, please do so. Stop. I, I was not a fan. Honestly, I felt like the characters were flat. The storyline was really, was just like incoherent. And I don't know about you, Bailey, but for me, visually, it was so incoherent as well. I had no idea what was going on on the screen half the time. Like having the movie too dark or what What do you mean by visually incoherent? Like when they're fighting at the end and they're just flying through things, I feel like I had no sense of what was going on. I, I had no sense of space. I felt like yeah. the CGI was super bad. I just feel, yeah, I just, I wasn't really a fan. I can't, I can't dislike the actors for specifically Jared Leto, um, and who are the other two? Matt Smith. Matt Smith and Art Ardonia or Ardahan. I, I cannot pronounce her name. No, 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 not um, her. She was bad in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I felt like like and for example for her, I felt like I was supposed to care about um her and his relationship, but it was really hard for me to care just because I felt like they didn't really have a lot of chemistry and it was awkward. Well, the weird thing is like they tried to make us care about this character this little lady character i can't even remember her name uh and we just got out of the theater actually and so it's sad that we can't remember a lot of these characters name names uh like dr michael morbius and milo yeah. i think those are the only two names that i really remember um but the girl doctor she bancroft. was forgettable huh bancroft is her name bancroft yep dr bancroft um, but she was uh, she was forgettable and they tried to make us care about the relationship she had with Michael Morbius, which there was really no backstory to it. We we just dove straight we dove straight into this relationship, and it was just not impressive. We didn't get a backstory for her character and how they met, and like if there were any 
ties to each other. It, it was it just kind of felt out of the blue. And that wasn't the main part of the movie, but it was a big part of the movie still. It is a subplot you follow. And the other actor's name, Jared Harris. So Jared Leto, Matt Smith, Jared Harris, I really like them as actors. And I feel like they do well with what they're given, but I just feel like the story was like, they're almost pulling you from plot point to plot point with no connecting thread to where I never really grew to care about people. The most I cared was, you know, toward the end of the film, Matt Smith gave, an, gave like, gives probably the most heart, heart-wrenching part of the film. But again, up to that, it's just like, okay, this is all just happening. And I felt like the CGI was bad. And the other thing I would say is that they have a lot of slow motion shots. And I told my wife, if they do one more slow motion shot, it'll drive me crazy. And they did like seven more. And then I told her after we left, the reason those irritated me is because it's kept going slow motion when in all reality, I just wanted this movie to get closer to the end so I could leave. I didn't like it. And I didn't like the the post credit scenes. Those were just, those make no sense. They didn't. Um, like, I like Michael Keaton. And I'm interested to see what Sony is going to do. Just because it's probably going to be a train wreck. And I, I'm just curious to see if Michael uh, Keaton can, can salvage what Sony has done. Um, you're right, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I hope that the future of the... Sony universe of Marvel characters is actually decent. Um, I I will say this though, the director, like talking off point of the Morbius movie, the director said that we're going to find out soon who the Spider-Man in this universe is. And I'm curious if we're going to find out that it's going to be the Spider-Woman movie that's going to be coming out with uh, Dakota Johnson and... I believe Sydney Sweeney is her name. Um, was I think also that's a announced. Mad- I think that's a Madam Web movie. It is a Madam Web movie, but uh, I mean, it's pretty much gonna be Spider Woman um, gotcha. at this point uh, because I think it's gonna be like a, a combination of the two characters um, or just a spin on it. But the or we also had the rumor a couple weeks ago that Jaden Smith could be Spider Man. And I wouldn't mind seeing him as Spider-Man, but I don't really want to see a Spider-Man fighting against Morbius and Vulture. And that's the other thing is that you walk out of the movie and you're like, why wouldn't Morbius all of a sudden want to fight a hero, you know? This movie paints him as in sort of an anti-hero light, but again, leaning more on the on the side of hero. And so it's like, why would these people want to commit these, you know, go to war against an, a super a citywide known hero. I don't know. It's all murky. It's all confusing to me. It seemed he seemed very naive in that scene because, um, uh, we talked about this scene the other day. So sorry, we we're talking spoilers about it. But um, he seemed very naive in the sense that when uh, Adrian Toomes flies over to him and is like, "I want to do some good." Morbius smiles and is like, yeah, let's do some good. But then he's like, I want to, or I want to find out about this Spider-Man guy and I want to take him down. And it's like, I don't know if like this Spider-Man in this universe is good. Maybe it is Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and he's, he's painted as a villain because he stopped pulling his punches. And I don't know, maybe we get a bigger picture in the amazing Spider-Man three, if we get it. 
Um, I don't think we need it, if, especially if it's going to be tied to these movies. I, I do think that this Morbius and the Venom movies would definitely fit in that universe, but I don't want to see it now. You know, two things. One thing I said is if we spend more than five minutes talking about this movie on this podcast, it will, have, in my opinion, it will have merited more time outside of the viewing than it deserves. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is, is I'll be honest, I, I walked out of the theater, my wife and I were talking, and we said, I, we both agreed. You know, I feel like we've had our good Spider-Man Marvel movies. At this point, I kind of feel like just let... Sony do whatever they want. Like, I don't need another Spider-Man movie for a while, especially if it follows up to Morbius. Like, as much as I would love to see Tom Holland back in the suit, it's just the reality of that seems further and further away. And so I'm just, I'm I'm more indifferent. I'm hopeful to some degree, but like, I could I could be like, yeah, I live through the Spider-Man Tom Holland movies. Those are sick. And then not care about the other ones. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. Um, but we should move on. Let's talk about some oh, real, <laughs> this, some real Marvel stuff. Uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight released this last Wednesday. It was just the first episode that clocked in at around 47 minutes. Um, Adam, what were your initial reactions to this show? I feel like it's different. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little more, I, I guess I'm a little more negative about it than you are, but overall, I still enjoyed it, and more importantly, I really enjoyed Michael, or not Michael, Michael freaking Michael Keaton. I really enjoyed Oscar Isaac in this. I think he's a. I think he did a phenomenal job. We're only one episode in, so I can't say you know across the series, but I like him. I think he did great. It's you know it's kind of fun this mystery of not of him not knowing what's going on. To some degree, it's almost annoying too because we already know what's going on, so you're kind of like you're kind of waiting for him to catch up. But mm-hmm. I, I really did like, I liked it though. I had a couple of digs on it, but overall I would say, you know, it's got me interested. Yeah. Out of all of the Disney plus Marvel shows, I feel like Marvel or Moon Knight had the best opening episode out of the rest of them. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt too slow. Same with Hawkeye. Loki, it was just, Loki is my favorite of all of them. And that one's probably my second favorite behind Moon Knight as far as premieres goes. Um, That one had a lot of setup for the future episodes. And WandaVision just felt way too short for me. Um, Am I missing one? Oh, yeah, there's the What If show, but I don't really care about that one. So, yeah, what if what if that what if that was never made? Who knows? That should be the next season. (laughs) Um, But um, out of all of them, I feel like Moon Knight had perfect length. Um, introduced us to one of the characters that Oscar Isaac is playing. He has dissociative identity disorder, and so um, we're going to see different ego, alter egos that he has um, throughout the series. And it was interesting to me. It was interesting to see how they played on that dynamic of what happens when um, Stephen Stephen Grant, I believe, is his name, is not in the chair. I, I call yeah. it the chair because of split. Split changed my my view on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when Stephen Grant isn't in the chair and Mark Spector is, it was interesting to see that dynamic. And I could see them totally going back and us having us view it in the second episode from Mark Spector's perspective, um, which would be really interesting and really fun. 
but also it would be a lot of it would be a filler episode which i don't think this show needs i would yeah. like to see this story continue um but even if it's just like five to ten minutes of the next episode i wouldn't mind that um but overall i like the show it it seems like this is going to be a really good show and i'm excited to see where this goes oscar isaac was great and same with ethan hawk so do you want to do a little more of, a, of like a kind of a breakdown? Like I can go first and give my thoughts and then you can go with yours. For Moon Knight? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like this is worth talking about, you know, unlike yeah. the movie that we just saw. Um, <laughs> I think uh, like, so here's what I'll say. Like I said, I really like Oscar Isaac's performance. I agree. I like how they keep you in the the chair of, of Steven and you know, I feel like I can't say too much about Ethan Hawke yet. I don't feel like we've seen enough of him. You know, we have I have a lot of questions about him, like what is his purpose? What is that weird cult thing? I really liked, you know, the director has been very vocal about changing the way that Egypt is represented in film. And I liked those shots in Egypt. I don't even think I realized that they were in Egypt when he when he woke up at one point. I thought, wow, this is this is crazy because I'd never seen this side of it. And it was beautiful and it was luscious. Um that was super cool to me. I think the only things that I kind of were a little bit hard for me was one in the middle, they have this action set piece and I felt like the CGI, I noticed it and it was almost, it was, it was almost not, not like I was like, well, this is the worst CGI. Like, you know, it wasn't like the black Panther. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, we talked about this earlier. It wasn't like the black Panther killmonger fight and black Panther. That was just atrocious. But to me, I felt like it was very noticeable, and I kind of not that it took me out, but I was like, oh, they could have done a little bit better there. Only because I feel like when you're crafting an action sequence like that, you want people to be more engaged rather than you know, kind of notice things and be like, wait, that was definitely CGI. Um, that's how I felt about that. And then the other thing I feel like is that I wish they represented his disorder a little bit different. And the only way I, the only reason I say that is because I, I drew a comparison to Memento, where I feel like in Memento, things happen in that movie, and he doesn't remember the past, and he loses his, he loses his memory like every five or ten minutes, and every time, like sometimes it's not every time, but whenever he wakes up, he's very confused, he's disoriented, he doesn't really know what he's doing, and sometimes it's just very sad for him. And, you know, you like root for him, but at the same time, you're like, oh, this would, this is, this just seems horrible. And I feel like in Moon Knight, the only time where I felt like he woke up and I felt bad for him was when he went to the, to the steak place. And I thought, man, this is like, I felt like, you know, I was like, wow, that would suck. And again, Oscar Isaac gave a great performance and I really bought into it. Otherwise, I feel like when he woke up, it was almost just very comical, you know? rather than i don't know and, and and that again that could just be my that could just be my my belief but i wish it was handled differently but again i liked the episode and i and i want to watch more yeah i as far as that goes with the different personalities stephen grant is supposed to be kind of idiotic i mean Konshu with a voice in his head kept calling him an idiot like i i honestly thought that was kind of it was quirky but it was kind of funny like, yeah. oh, great, the, the idiot's in charge. And <laughs> and I, I thought there it was it was meant to be funny. I think that's what the, the writers and the directors and the actors were going for 
in this episode because um, it was kind of comical because it's like this the 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 idea that this guy that doesn't he he's a nobody and he's just a a store worker in a museum um and i i i think that the idea of this guy that has no idea what's going on just showing up out of the blue and having to fight off these bad guys still having no idea why he's fighting off bad guys it created an interesting um story for this character and i'm excited to see how stephen grant uh learns about mark specter and mr knight um the the three alter egos that we're going to be introduced to throughout the season um and i i'm excited to see how he develops the relationship with Konshu as well and how that will change um as each episode goes by um Ethan Hawke, he was he was mysterious. Um, he was a cult leader. It was very very mysterious, and there's no other way to put it than that. Um, I th- I was a little off put by the first scene. Did you know that was his idea? Really? Yeah. In an interview he gave, he said that, you know, he was thinking about how to introduce this character, and he said he was obsessed with the comic. He was obsessed with comics. And he said, you know, I feel like whenever you see a villain or something, you always see like a four panel page and they, you know, kind of show you an ominous look into who the character kind of is. And he was like, so, and he pitched this to the directors and the writers and said, if my character had an introduction to a four panel page, like what would be on that page? And I guess they flipped it on him and said, well, what do you think? And he felt like he was always interested in the ideas of people who were, you know, religious or, you know, loving, like very religious figures, iconic figures, but they, you know, inflicted some some form of like self-mutilation, like in the Da Vinci Code, the guy who whips his back and, you know, other things. And so he said, like, he was so confused about those depictions because, you know, in his mind, religion was about love and peace, but why would they do that to themselves? And so he said, well, I think this is what we would do. And that, and that opening scene was his idea. Wow. I, I liked that scene because it really showed us who that character was. And I guess that's exactly what it was trying to do, uh, to give <laughs> us an idea. So I, I really enjoyed it. It was creepy. It was eerie. It made me cringe. Um, uh, yeah. But I'm also I'm excited to see his character. I love Ethan Hawke and... I'm ex- I, I'm just really pumped to see the next episode. So Bailey, um, I have a question for you. You're the you're our, you are the Marvel expert in this AB Cinema duo. Is there any Easter egg or anything in the episode that um, was referenced either to the larger MCU or to the the history of Moon Knight? Um, there wasn't any reference to the larger MCU, but as far as Moon Knight goes, um, we did get a, a hint at the third alter ego. Um, as we know, and it might be hard for the general audience to catch this, um, but when when he shows up at the restaurant, um, he, he has the date with the co-worker at the museum. And the exciting thing about this is that we already know that Mark Spector has that other girl. Uh, Layla is her name, I believe, that was on the phone, or Lila, um, that he had the tons of missed calls for and hadn't talked to in months. And so 
we already know that he's spoken for with this lady. Um, and the interesting thing about this is that the, it, it's a tease at a third alter ego, which is suppo supposedly who Mr. Knight is going to play. And in the comics, he's just he dresses in a white suit. It's kind of cheesy and funny, um, but it's very exciting to to have this as well. And so, and we've seen that uh, in some of the promotional promotions, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um, I, I believe we saw him in a couple teaser trailers, um, and maybe the last trailer. Um, but that was still really, really fun to to see that. And then there was another one about the Egyptian gods being missing um, that kind of caught my eye. Um, and I can't remember the names because they're they're so different. Uh, but the the goddess that um, Ethan Hawke's character is worshiping and judging other individuals for has been cast out. And I believe that her name, the goddess that has been cast out, was left off of that poster that Mark leaves a reference for. Mm. Or, or that Mark calls out the, says that there was a, a, a mistake. Yeah. Um, so that was another interesting one. And that that group of gods, um, for those that don't know, it one of the gods in that is also, as uh, in the Marvel comics, the group of gods the god that the black panther um the black panther uh, the wakanda of worships um is also part of that group as well and so there's a little tie to the the bigger mcu in that but it's very small and um there's it might even have ties to thor ragnarok um, because that movie is going to be dealing with the character gore the god butcher and so christian bale Let's played go. by Christian Bale. I'm so excited to see that. <laughs> um, but we may we are there are rumors that we're going to be getting Greek and Roman gods and African and Egyptian gods in Thor Ragnarok. So we could see Khonshu, the the bird looking uh, god that we that we saw chasing um, Stephen Grant down the hallway. Uh, we may see him in Thor: Love and Thunder. Um. But other than that, I didn't catch any other big references. I believe um, there was one about a character named Jean-Paul Duchamp. Or Duchamp. Uh, he's a French soldier who befriends Mark, and they become inseparable. And he's also on a mission in the comics. He goes on a mission with Mark um, where Mark gets killed. Um, so, yeah, that's just a comic reference um but we may see him in the long run you know now that you've brought up all of these gods i just i kind of hope marvel finds their way you know mm -hmm. i hope they can go the distance like maybe <laughs> they'll be there someday and hercules will be real strong because that would be sick hercules is a marvel character as well yeah i know and so it, it would be really interesting to see that dynamic and I so growing up, I love the Percy Jackson books. I love learning about Greek and Roman mythology, and to see the different types of mythology come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very exciting to me. I I loved learning about this stuff in elementary and middle school and even high school, and I'm very excited to see where this goes and leads down the road. But those. 
those are the big Easter eggs um, for now. And we'll, we'll make sure to give people um, the Easter eggs in the coming weeks as well. Yeah. So is, is there anything else you have to add on the, uh, the moon night front? I think I'm all, I think I'm all tuckered out there. Yeah. That, uh, we talked a lot about moon night. Just keep watching it. It's probably going to be a really good episode. It's got a great cast and I don't think it can go wrong with this one. Yeah. Um, and be sure to like reach out to us, email us, tweet us, whatever you want. Let us know what you think about moon night and, and even, you know, about Morbius. But just let us know what you think. Any theories, questions, concerns you might have, and we'll uh, research them. Let us let you know if we have any any answers for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I think we should go over what's streaming this weekend, just to give everybody an idea of what 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 to watch. But coming out on Disney Plus, we we had Moon Knight the premiere earlier this week, and then today a new movie was released called Better Nate Than Ever. Um, it's about a kid who wants to be on Broadway and that's about as much as you need to know about it. It's meant for kids. And so hopefully it's good. And Atlanta came out last night on FX and it's available to stream today on Hulu. I cannot talk about this show a lot <laughs> enough. I've binged the first season, um, in like two days. It's really easy to get through the episodes are like 30 minutes long. So you could catch up by the end of the third season finale. Have you um, have you started the second season yet? I started it, and I won't lie. I did fall asleep in it because I was watching it <laughs> at like 11 o'clock last two nights ago. And so uh-huh. um, I'm going to rewatch the last like 15 minutes of that episode. Yeah, but that one with that first one with Cat Williams is just hilarious and it's great so all on the same one. Yeah, but then moving over to Apple TV Plus, we have the penultimate episode of Severance. And I forgot this came out today. I haven't I'm, watched it yet. I'm so excited to watch this. <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to get so many answers and I'm getting really giddy about this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I saw this on the list right now and I thought, oh shoot, I got to watch Severance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we have Halo on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's okay. Uh, you don't see Master Chief in his helmet a lot, <laughs> so um, it's definitely a different dynamic, but hopefully the rest of the season is good. It, yeah, it, it's going to get a second season, so I, I'm, I have my hopes up that this this first season will be better than I'm expecting it to be, but we'll see. Yeah. Other than that, is there is there anything else that we want to talk about in this episode, Bailey? I just want to say... I am I'm very excited to see Fantastic Beasts. Just a quick plug on this movie. Uh it had its premiere earlier this week and it's said to be the best out of the trilogy, which is good because the last two movies have been lackluster for fans, but it'll be really fun to see in a couple weeks and I'm excited to give our audience uh to give you guys our thoughts on this. But other than that, I think that wraps up everything. Gotcha. Well, everyone, please make sure to email us. Let us know what you thought. Uh, give us any surprises or give us any questions, comments, recommendations, things we can talk about. Be sure to like and rate, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast on any social media. Let us know how we're doing. And as always, keep watching movies.